you need to make sure that you have active and passive income. My goal is to buy as many rentals as I could to live off the cash flow. And that's just not an efficient way to do it. To live off your rental cash flow, I think, is tricky. So um, what I learned after, after a little bit of doing it is you really need that active income, which is wholesaling and flipping. And, you know, fortunately, that's in the real estate space. So you cannot have to veer from your main core business, but fix and flip and wholesale for that active income and then build rentals with the passive, you know, for the passive long-term wealth. And we started to just grow a team as you would grow a team. Uh, our very first quote unquote hire was a property manager. We hired third-party property management and hated somebody else managing our properties because we each had full-time jobs at the time. So we hired somebody part-time to manage our properties that was in the space. And then a project manager to free up our time going to properties. And then uh, you know, a part-time bookkeeper and just kind of slowly grew. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Sam Prim. Sam has $45 million in rentals owned. He's flipped over a thousand houses, and he has 2.3 million followers on social media, among other things. Uh, a very accomplished resume, Sam. Uh, first, let me just start by saying thank you for coming on the show today. Appreciate appreciate you taking out the time. Well, I appreciate you for having me, and I'm going to tell the audience I'm going to own it. Sorry, I was a couple of minutes late. You were very patient. I appreciate you. <laughs> no problem at all. They, they, it won't be late for them. So that this, uh, no problem at all. But, I wanted to uh, publicly apologize to you, Jason. There you go. There you go. I appreciate that. Um, well, let's let's just start. Let's have your story. Tell us your background. Kind of, kind of what got you into real estate and and what you've been doing. I think there's a, there's a couple of really cool topics we could touch on here. Um, that'll be think will be valuable to the listeners. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the whole reason I'm here is hopefully to provide value for for your followers. But my story is is pretty normal, which I used to kind of shy away from. I don't have this like rags to riches story. You know, I'm one of my good friends. Uh, his name is Kong or goes by King Kong on social media. He's got like 5 million followers, but he grew up in a mud hut and came over here and picked berries for a living and sold hair extensions at the mall. And this like crazy cool story you can make a movie about. I didn't. I grew up in Missouri. My mom was a teacher. My dad was an engineer. I went to school, planned to work for a company for 40 years. Like my story is like, couldn't be more textbook. Um, so I used to kind of shy away from that. But the more I've leaned into that over the past 12, 18 months, the more I realize there's very many people in my position. I'm very normal. And I say that with pride, but the definition of normal means there's a lot of other people like me. You know, there's these cool fringe stories that, um, you know, a lot of people have. And, you know, I have my struggles like anybody else. But in general, I grew up very normal with normal childhood, didn't inherit a silver spoon or anything like that. But just, you know, one pair of tennis shoes a year, take your, you know, your your lunch to school every day kind of thing, because parents didn't want to pay for the school lunches kind of thing. So I just grew up very normal. 
and the fact that I've been able to do some pretty cool stuff uh, that you just mentioned, and I feel like I'm just getting started, I think is encouraging for a lot of people that are quote unquote normal. And uh, that kind of, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, baseline story that a lot of people can jump off from has, has been really, really cool to see at uh, the people's reaction to it and to see people, you know, take action from, you know, realizing that they can do it too over the past, you know, few years. Yeah, sure. I think the the relatability, um, and I, th I think we'll we'll talk about you know sort of social media, but relatability becomes huge um, in that space for sure. But I guess before we get there, kind of tell us about your journey into real estate. How did you get started? You know, you've you've a thousand homes, flipping a thousand homes is is a ton. So uh, I'm sure it didn't start with a thousand. What what was kind of the the journey there? Yeah, so I went to you know school as I mentioned, graduated from college, went into the the real world and got a job, and that was kind of my plan. Was my dad worked for one company for uh, thirty eight years, so my plan was I was going to work for you know one or two companies for forty years and, and retire. But as I was doing that, I there was like this kind of hole that was inside me that was filling up. I didn't really know it at the time, but I grew up playing competitive sports and, you know, always, you know, tracking wins and losses and competing and, and, you know, all the, the team sport aspect of it. And, and when you have a job, especially a sales job, yeah, you have numbers to hit, but that's what, I, you know, that's what I had at first, but you know, it's just not as fulfilling and that competitive itch just wasn't being scratched. So my business or my best friend at the time, still best friend, but uh, future business partner, Lucas and I started to just invest in real estate on the side. It's as simple and cliche as we read rich dad, poor dad, and kind of started to understand the power of potentially going into business and owning real estate. So in 2014, we bought our first rental property. We didn't have any money. So we bought it. Uh, you know, I used a private lender's money. I knew you could borrow money to flip houses. You know, that's what they did on HGTV and these shows that I've seen. So I, we borrowed money to flip a house. And during the rehab process, we learned about cash out refinances and the BRRRRS method. So we ended up keeping that one as a, as a rental and we still own it today. And, you know, Traditionally, like most of the time goes, we bought a couple that first year, maybe six or seven that next year. It's really started to ramp up. Um, and that was, you know, 2015-ish timeframe. By 2018, uh, we both quit our jobs and went all into real estate. And that's when things really ramped up. We went from spending, you know, 10 hours a week on the side in our spare time on something inefficiently to spending 60 to 70 hours a week full time just focused on real estate. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, when I say flipped, you know, we call it our flipping company, that means wholesales and flip. So we, we, you know, we probably wholesaled maybe 700 houses and probably flipped maybe 350 houses. So, um, you know, each year we've grown, we've grown our team. Now we have 46 employees between our, our three companies and are really just looking to grow and scale and do it with our, our friends and family, which is really cool. But um, it just kind of all started with that very first rental property, seeing the power in that, and then just gradually growing and then, you know, having the enjoyment enjoyment of winning, losing, failing, uh, teamwork, all the things that sports had for me, you know, for the first 15 years of my life, um, kind of get a feel for that. But in the business world, and it's fun to win at sports, but it's it's even more fun to win at business because you're, you're, you're uh, you impact more people and your checkbook fills up a little, a little bit quicker. Yeah. 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 If you're not a professional athlete, you're, you're definitely going to be uh, more beneficial winning in, in sport or uh, in business than you are in sports. Um, so, I, I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, I, I know you said you were, it was sort of a side hustle at first, and then um, you and your business partner made that transition into full-time each, and you were able to scale from there. I, I think that's a lot, a, th a thing, a common story, I guess, where people start with, you know, sort of this 
real estate on the side, and then they gradually see the power and kind of make that transition. What did you do to make that transition? You know, obviously, you know, leave, leave the job, get more time. But, but at that point, it's, it's, you still don't have infinite time yourself. And so you start to build a team. How did you do that? How did you sort of follow that process, maybe some steps steps for people that are trying to kind of grow their business, scale their business within real estate and and knowing that you need a team to do it? Yeah, for sure. Great question. So I'll take a little bit of a step back and then kind of run through that question and move forward on it. So, I mean, you're, you're a thousand percent right. It, you can't do it alone. You don't have unlimited time, even when you quit your job. I mean, I was making, you know, not to brag, but I was doing well. I was making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year at my job in St. Louis. So that's a, a very good living here. And I quit that to take a risk and go all in on real estate and myself and to grow this company. And it was something where it's a lot easier to replace a $50,000 job than a $250,000 job. So, you know, I don't not, not ask for sympathy from anybody, but it was definitely a risk. And I didn't make as much money for probably the first two years. So it is a process. I think if people want to quit their job, and I guess that's the reason I'm telling this story is if you want to quit your job, I think you need to make sure that you have active and passive income. My goal was to buy as many rentals as I could to live off the cash flow. And that's just not an efficient way to do it. To live off your rental cash flow, I think, is tricky. So um, what I learned after, after a little bit of doing it is you really need that active income, which is wholesaling and flipping. And you know, fortunately, that's in the real estate space. So you cannot have to veer from your main core business, but fix and flip and wholesale for that active income and then build rentals with the passive, you know, for the passive long-term wealth. Wealth. And we started to just grow a team as you would grow a team. Uh, our very first quote unquote hire was a property manager. We hired third party property management and hated somebody else managing our properties because we each had full-time jobs at the time. So we hired somebody part-time to manage our properties that was in the space. And then a project manager to free up our time going to properties. And then uh, you know, part-time bookkeeper and just kind of slowly grew. But the, the biggest jump uh, for us and for me was when 2018 we partnered with an already established uh, person who had been flipping houses for years. So uh, Luke's and I partnered, which Lucas is my business partner in all of this. We partnered with Brian in 2018 when I quit my job. That was kind of the catalyst to give me the confidence to quit. Um, so we kind of partnered. We joined our flipping company and his flipping company, kind of merged the two. Um, and that really helped us have more, uh, you know, more hands, more eyes, more people working. So we kind of combined our two companies um, and then really grew it from there, having that baseline of, you know, having 15 probably employees at that time. And uh, we since bought Brian out and it's just Lucas and I again, but having Brian kind of like a quote unquote mentor slash business partner for a couple of years was very, 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 um, you know, helpful in learning how to become a leader, learning how to run meetings, learning how to grow culture, learning to focus on your team and giving them autonomy to make mistakes and to, um, you know, learn from those mistakes and be there to guide them kind of thing. So long-winded answer to say um, it's a process for everybody. Big key takeaways for me is you need active and passive income, and you got to be willing to give up the reins and let people make mistakes and maybe make a little less money in the short term because you're paying money to hire somebody to do something, but they're going to do it better than you. And in the long term, you'll be able to focus on bigger uh, type um, ideas and culture and things like that, which in the long term benefit you more than you know doing one job. Yeah, no, great. And some really, I think, important things for people to, to hear there. One is that 
you left a good job <laughs> and where where people would say you know the the safety of that good job um to take a risk on yourself and and yet you're very likely at first going to make less money uh in terms in terms of earned income and and the that's the reality of being an entrepreneur. I think nobody starts an entrepreneurial job and is immediately wealthy. It's it's usually a process. And in the initial days, you're, any money that you are making, you're usually putting back into the business, growing your team like you talked about. So, you know, hiring people on salaries, things like that. And so it, it's definitely, it, there's a lot of talk, I think, in real estate and the intra- entrepreneurial world about, you know, sort of this goal of quitting the job. But you do need, as you said, some sort of, active income. And if your job can be that active income, great, use that to your advantage. Maybe you passively invest in real estate. But if you want to be active on the real estate, you still need to recognize that initially, unless you have a large amount of capital to start start off with, your passive income numbers aren't going to be tremendously high. Like there, there's, I think some people think that you can get to that, you know, passive income benchmark that they're looking for in a really short period of time. And I guess if you're, as you said, replacing a $50,000 job, that's going to come quicker than it is if you're replacing, you know, multiple hundred thousand dollar a year job. And so it's just recognizing your situation and what's going to get you there. Maybe at the speed that you want and and also like at what cost. So it, other, you know, outside of, of time. Uh, so I, I think that's, those are great sort of story for people to relate to your growth within business. I mean, that, again, that's a, that's a huge number of um, transactions, whether they're flips or wholesale, it, it's still a, a lot to do. Your another, you know, sort of part of your bio there is, is 2.3 million uh, followers on social media. So how was that always a focus? How did you kind of bring that in. I, I think it's probably fairly easy for people to understand that once you have a lot of followers that can help you in business, I, I would think that might be obvious to people, but, but what about in the sort of in the beginning, how did you grow and scale that as well? Cause that, that's a probably a whole different, uh, whole, whole different ball game than just scaling the, the business tactical stuff itself. Oh yeah. Social media is its own ball game. You worded that very well. Social media is an interesting ball game in itself. Um, so I had been doing the things that we talked about earlier, and then about 2020-ish time frame hit, and um, I started posting end of 19, beginning of 20, on some of the stuff we were doing. We had, I think, 100 rentals at the time, and, you know, we're flipping, you know, flipping and wholesaling. Again, I use those words synonymously, but flipping, you know, 150 houses a year at the time, maybe. And I started just to post on my personal Facebook page, just out of the property, this and that. And I got flooded with people asking me, oh my gosh, you're doing this. I didn't know you're in this old, the old high school buddies kind of thing of your Facebook connections and just saw that, holy crap, there is a lot of people interested in this. So at that point, um, I decided to start to post, you know, on TikTok and Instagram and, and, and create a YouTube page and start to just create something. I didn't know what it was going to be. I knew that, you know, an education business has good, potentially good margins, but you need eyeballs. So my whole goal was to get eyeballs. So uh, summer of 2020 is when I kind of started to do it and take it seriously until now. So this has all been in about three years, but you know, from summer 2020 till now, I've been focusing 30, you know, 35 hours a week, just on social media, a little bit less recently, because I have some more support, but it's been a grind and not a profitable grind. I think my quote unquote education company made like 40 grand in 2020. 
And, you know, until the end of 2021, we had made like 40 grand that year as well until things started to click. So it wasn't a profitable venture for 35 hours a week. But I saw the bigger term picture. I was okay with that delayed gratification. And I believe that eventually, you know, it would take on the audience was growing. I mean, I, I audience, we can talk about that, but that was always growing. But the, the monetization side of it took a little while, but Fortunately for me, I got the cliche thing that everybody says to have is multiple streams of income. I had a flipping company that had an amazing business partner, Lucas, who I've mentioned several times, him running that. I stepped away from that to a certain degree. And then, you know, we had our rentals that we were adding to that I kind of helped negotiate here or there, but wasn't really doing any of the project management or the tenant placement or anything like that. So I was able to focus my time on something that did not make money, yet I was still able to create income from those other two streams that I had, you know, spent several years building. And then as the audience grew and kind of hit a certain inflection point, as well as figuring out the right quote unquote product to sell um, the end of 21 up until today has been very, very profitable, a very high margin profitable business that I'm able to help millions of people. We get six to 10 million views a month on social media for free. I get messages all the time that people are able to take action from the content I put out there because you can't see me. I'm not, you know, a, a you know Filipino Ken doll like my buddy Ryan Pineda. I'm not like super buttoned up and articulate like Hermosi or somebody like that. Just a normal dude. But the information I give is actionable and tactical. So it just draws that follow button. So that's how I've been able to get to those 2.3 million followers, helping people out for free, leading with value. And then there are a percentage of people naturally in any business or industry that want their handheld that, hey, I will pay you money to coach me or have your coaches coach me. I want the groove path to success. I'm willing to put in the time, energy, and effort. I know it's not a magical wand, but you can help me get there quicker. And, and that's where the monetization piece has come. And it's been, it's been really, really uh, awesome. I didn't ever think we'd have, you know, students in every state, 1300 students and all this craziness that that's become, but it's really cool to see the success of people that are willing to put themselves first and to, to, to pay for it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the Filipino Ken doll. I don't know that I've heard that one before. A, a, a fan of Ryan Panetta. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, got a, a lot of great content and stuff out there doing doing pretty incredible things to watch, but but I hadn't heard that. He's so my buddy it. real quick. So anybody knows, I know him very well. Him and him and Kong, my, my, I don't reference people I, I don't know or haven't met, but yeah, Ryan's, he's a good looking cat. We'll give him that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, uh, it, I'm sure he, uh, Maybe he'll hear this, but hopefully he's uh, hopefully he he takes that as a compliment. Um, he will. He's from the Philippines, so it, it's it's just saying his country's from, and that he's an he's an attractive man. That's all it is. There you go. I think something you said there in all of that that, that I hope people didn't miss, but I want to repeat it. You you've been spending thirty five and thirty five hours a week on social media, creating content, working on that specifically, and I I think and and this is I mean myself included. It's like. You, I think in a lot of ways, you think you're putting out a lot of content or you think you're being consistent and, and you might be consistent. You might post one post a day, but like there's a difference. And, and I've been paying attention a lot to, to people like yourself and Ryan and the Hermoses and, and it's, it's volume, it's consistency, and it's also just straight up quality, right? There's, there's gotta be, putting out a volume of stuff that nobody wants to hear doesn't help anybody. There's no value to it. Like it's not going to help you. You could put out, you know, a, a thousand posts a day, but if it's garbage, who cares? But, but I think it's, it's combining those three things together is what will really kind of 
you know, help you have success in, in social media and, and putting true focus and effort into it. And, you know, talking about Ryan again, like he, he posts about the amount of time he spends and the money he invests into, you know, sort of growing that social media component of his business. And it's, it's just as someone who a few years ago, didn't have a Facebook page, like this is stuff that I'm learning and, and trying to absorb from people like yourself, but it, it just becomes the same message over and over again. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, talk, it's just, you just got to keep putting stuff out there and it's got to be um, of value to people and, and, you know, hopefully entertaining and all of that. But I think that there's, there's an important piece there that gets missed often in the, the amount of work that people put into that that side of the growth, you know, separate of the business tacticals, there's, um, definitely, uh, it's just, it takes time. It takes time. It takes effort and takes the focus to, to want to sort of grow that part of your business. Do you, you're obviously doing that. Do you feel like, I mean, do you, do you miss sort of stepping away from, you know, sort of the tactical real estate stuff? How does it, how has that transition been for you in terms of, you know, your fulfillment and and what you're sort of looking for out of, out of, you know, we talked about sports and having that competitive nature. I guess you could look at numbers on social media and, and have that sort of competition with yourself, but how does that fit into everything that you sort of see for yourself? Yeah, it's a good question. I think yeah, I think you hit it there at the end a little bit, though. It, it it's much more sports oriented now. I have a team that helps me with things. I still spend a ton of time on it, but um, you know, you kind of it, it is a team sport as far as you know your team putting out content, getting excited about views, watching other people's doing the whole thing that everybody does that no one should do. That I do is comparing yourself to other people. Like you know, you have that on a scorecard as well, or a scoreboard as well as you know on social media. So I think there's that side of it. Um, as far as kind of stepping away from the other stuff. So I completely stepped away there for a little while. Now I'm kind of back in, like if there's an apartment complex or like a bigger package deal of something in our rental company, I'll go in and help with that on the front end side of, you know, Lucas will be like here, get it at this number or lower. And, you know, I'll go do the negotiation thing. And I don't even know if that's a good price or not. I just trust him. So there's that side of it. And then the, the flipping company I've gotten back involved because before I did social media, I, you know, was helping buy houses. We have five full-time buyers and I was doing the marketing. So kind of helped step back in there. So I completely stepped away. I'm kind of inserting myself where I feel like I can help and what I enjoy doing. But my vision for the next several years is that this education thing, getting, or and this brand, I guess, is, is the bigger thing. This brand, um, creating a brand is is something that is very challenging, but very rewarding. Like you said, there's 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 people that try it and just give up. It, it's kind of like golf. You know, I, I laugh at people that golf twice a year and get mad when they miss a 20-foot putt. It's like the pros chance of from 20 feet is like 12%. And you're throwing your club because you missed a 20 foot putt. You had a 0.01% chance of making that putt. Um, similar in, in social media is you put out content and it doesn't hit and people don't have that delayed gratification gene um, kind of ignited where they, they want it right now. And I look back at, you know, I got in the game still later than I would have liked, but um, you know, a decent time to get in, it would have been great to get in when Gary V got in, in you know, 2010, but you know, 2020 wasn't a horrible time to get in. It's more saturated now, but I went weeks and months of getting videos that got 
30 views and a hundred view YouTube video that I spent, you know, eight hours doing, and I paid somebody a thousand bucks to edit and, you know, uh, Instagram getting 400 views and 300 views and 100 views, even though I spent all this time and energy in them. So um, it's just one of those things where you have to see the bigger picture and be willing to quote unquote fail or not go as quickly as you want and just be okay with that there. I feel like there's a lot of people and I'm not bragging on myself. I very rarely do that, but after 15 months of doing real estate and or doing social media and having it, quote unquote education company getting a decent following but not making any money they'd have given up right or they would have just yeah. stopped and like let it kind of sink her to the side or they'll do what a lot of people do you get a decent audience and then you hire everything out and your audience can tell the minute that happens and you either think you're too big or you just don't have time and focus on something else and they don't know why the algorithm has them shadow banned when it's really your audience your 500,000 200,000 800,000 people loved you for your authenticity, your your rough editing, whatever you did, they didn't care. They were there for you. And somebody else is coming up with your ideas. You're reading from a teleprompter. Somebody else is editing. While that's a scalable way to do it, people can tell. So that's kind of to, you know, oust myself. That's what I'm struggling with now is being able to put out better content, more of it, and still have my kind of fingers in all of the pots and still being able to have my touch on things and not completely outsource outsource it. So it's one of those things like any other business, it runs in cycles and um, you know it's challenging, but the idea of having a brand that I can turn into, hey, I am drinking Celsius right now, but I'm wanting to launch a, uh, which I do actually, this is just, but I launch an energy drink here in a couple of years or something like that. Like being able to just in a couple of years, maybe about 5 million followers, be able to point 5 million people in the direction of this. Like there's so much value in that, right? And coming up with the $50 a month subscription product that we're launching here in a few weeks, like there's so much, uh, you know, value in having eyeballs and be able to provide value A, but point them in a direction to monetize them that I don't know that I'll ever stop doing that, no matter what my companies look like, because I just, I think there's so much damn value and I put so much energy and effort into it so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, your point about the brand and a personal brand is is really huge because you, I mean, you can look at like recent examples with like George Clooney, The Rock, uh, Ryan Reynolds, and and they've you had their uh, alcohol companies. They've had Ryan Reynolds just sold like a, a cell phone <laughs> uh, mobile business for like one point two billion dollars or something like that. And it's like, d- I'm sure nobody thinks that it's the greatest cell phone company in the history of it's like but ryan reynolds commands a lot of eyeballs and so you have that sort of a currency of attention that so many people you know that that are that are um do well on social media they understand they understand how that stuff works and it's uh <laughs> something i'm still really really trying to figure out is very painful lessons lear- i'm learning but it's but you're right it, it, it just takes you've you've got to stick with it you've got to be okay that you know a lot of the content you put out doesn't hit that like there's just and and then eventually it's gonna you're gonna take off and have that where it's it's like i mean i'm sure you know people with large social media followings i'm sure you still have some content that does better than others but but at the end of the day you know that those your you know poor performing piece of content is still well above what my good performing piece of content might do. You know what I mean? It's for just, it's all relative, but, but it's the willingness to kind of continue to put in the work uh, over time and, and put out quality, you know, content that, that, that provides value. And and then it, then, as you mentioned, you can point it in all these other directions to edu- your education. Uh, if you put out an energy drink, like any, whatever it is, you have that, you know, sort of, you command that, 
uh, I guess you have visibility, but you but you command. You've already shown performance, so you command the ability to to at least get people to try it. And and if it's a good product, then they're going to have no reason not to sort of follow through with it. So I think um, all all really important stuff in in business and real estate, but but um, maybe hard to for some people to sort of focus on, but or to realize that it it does need that that level of focus. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's like any other business. You're not going to, you know, you mentioned Ryan earlier. Ryan, I know for a fact, he's probably a little light on his numbers, $40,000, $50,000 a month in um, in social media support as far as his staff goes, $100,000 studio, um, all these, you know, different things he's trying and doing. You don't think that you're going to make, you know, yeah. 50 videos in the next two months and put them on uh, TikTok. You, you're competing against that guy. So you have to continue right. to stick with it tell your own story, have authenticity. Um, eventually it will catch on. It's just, if you're willing to wait to that point, like the point of success, whatever, however you view it is, is there. You just have to continue to walk it, it's in any business. Um, so it's just one of those things where just, I feel like too many people give up too early. I know that's cliche, but I, I, I've seen it in myself as well as other very, very successful people that are more successful than I'll ever, I'll ever be. It's, you know, just their willingness to not give up when they don't get the immediate gratification. I know I kind of beat that drum a few times but that's just the secret to it it's very simple yeah. but it's not easy there's a difference yeah 100 agree um sam let me let me switch gears so i can get to ask you the questions i ask every guest um first one is is related to the name of the show being know your why and so i always ask everybody what is your why what what's driving you towards you know greater and greater success obviously i think there's a competitive component to it here but um you know sort of what what's what's behind that what pushes you yeah, what pushes me is um, it's one word I'll make too. It's just generational impact. So that that kind of connects my family. Obviously, you know, everybody says their family, and that's true for you know most successful people. There's that family component, but I don't just want to give that answer. That that is a huge part of it. That's the base of it. But it's beyond that. It's the impact. You know, I don't know what it is. If it's um, insecurity or if it's what it is, but just having impact beyond you, having companies, having um, assets creating value and something that just people are, you're impacting people. People are at a bar talking about this, this video that they saw that helped them get to the next level or, you know, creating value that way by impacting as many people as possible, whether it be, you know, social media, whether it be, you know, my family, whether it be, you know, people we help out, you know, when we buy their houses, whatever that looks like, just creating as much um, positive impact as possible is a big driver for me because it's that competitiveness and all that stuff layers in there as well but just having that impact i guess would be the, the best way to say it yeah that's great um tell us something about yourself that, that maybe isn't common knowledge uh special skill a hobby um anything that let the listeners know you a little better um, so uh, a couple of things will go surface level goofy and then we'll, we'll go personal. So um, we joke around the office. I throw stuff around the office all the time. I have a stress ball right here with me. Um, so I, I grew up playing sports. Like I said, I was um, actually got offered uh, scholarships uh, to in college to play basketball and football. I was quarterback of the football team and uh, basketball um, turned it all down. Um, they weren't like, we're not talking crazy big colleges, right? Like super small colleges, but offered scholarships to go play and, and invitations to go play at some schools. And I uh, turned that down just because I wanted to go to school and be a, a normal kid. Didn't want to have the, the pressures that came along with going to some small school and being the quarterback when I didn't know anybody, kind of an introvert, extrovert kind of guy. Um, so turned that down, just went to college and played normal. And something else that I don't talk about a ton, um, 
definitely much more serious of a note that I put a few pieces of content out there and want to start to create more about that buzz is um, my wife and I really struggled to have to have kiddos. Um, we, you know, five years to have our first one. Um, we had to go through IVF to have uh, to have her. And then, you know, uh, four years Five years again for the second one that we just had, we had to get um, a, uh, you know, we had to end up getting an egg donor. So um, just that kind of a personal piece of that infertility, that a huge struggle that has shaped my entire life from my work ethic to my being a more appreciative father because of everything we had to work for to get them. The harder you work for yourself, the more you appreciate it, how it's molded by marriage and how we're much closer because of it. We, get, we drove together instead of apart, um, going through those struggles, the miscarriages, all the things. So uh, it's a struggle, but um, like any anything else that people struggle with is, you know, you can look at the positive sides or the negative sides and feel like definitely take that, you know, years and years of being upset and helping my wife cope with miscarriages and crying and, and turn that into a positive both motivation for me. I'm a better dad because of it. I'm a better husband because of it, um, rather than just, you know, wallowing in in, in the, the crap that goes along with all that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that and being open. I, I, I know um, that's a very hard thing for people to go through. Uh, I've, I've had other friends as well, so I, so I understand uh, the the challenges are probably I don't understand them exactly, but I I, I know the struggles that people have gone through. Um, when people hear this uh, and they want to reach out to you, what what's the best way? Just uh, reach out to me on Instagram, whatever platform you're on, I'm on there. So just, you know, follow me on whatever platform you're on. If you're not on Twitter, don't go follow me on Twitter. It does me no good to have an empty, uh, somebody follower that's never on there. So whatever platform you're on, I'd appreciate a follow. And then Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, it, it's just the DM uh, capabilities of platform is just way better than any other um, social media uh, DM. So just DM me on Instagram at Sam Faster Freedom, all the platforms and uh, follow me and I'll be glad to answer your question or, you know, point you in a direction. Awesome. Final question for you, Sam. And uh, this one is is related to someone who wants to get started in real estate. What what piece of advice would you give them to get them started, to help them move in the right direction and, and kind of follow in your footsteps? So yeah, step one and step 1A. So step or step 1A, step 1B. Step 1A is you have to get a, a base level of knowledge. So definitely they're already listening to your podcast. So make sure they subscribe to your podcast, but follow other people that are doing it. It's free. Technology is evolving every single day. And the information is never going to be easier to get. Information is going to be devalued just because it's going to be so easy to acquire. So get that base level of knowledge. So you understand the difference between a wholesale and a double close. You understand how to calculate an ARV and a rehab budget. So get a base level of knowledge, but more importantly, step 1B would be you have to get involved in your local community. You have to go to your local meetups, join your local Facebook groups. You cannot do this alone. You need connections. You need experienced people that have been there, done that. You need contractors. You need to raise money. You need banks. You need insurance agents. You need everything to do this. It's a very much a team sport. You can be a solopreneur, but you're going to have 15 different contractors you're going to have to work with when you're buying and flipping and wholesaling. So get connected with your local community via the Facebook groups and the meetups. And uh, if it's uncomfortable, that's okay. Uh, just got to get out of your shell a little bit. You don't have to go on stage and talk, but just go get connected with the community. And you, you're immediately up in your Rolodex will completely change your life. Yeah, it's great advice. Uh, I think people listen to that twice. I think the two huge components to... Um, you know, probably success in just about anything. But um, Sam, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show today. I really do appreciate you taking the time out, uh, coming and sharing your story and um, sort of giving, giving all the value to the listeners. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate having me on. And again, sorry, I was late.
<laughs> no worries. No worries at all. Thank you. Uh, and thank you all for listening. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.